0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you guys. Spring is here. Feels good, doesn't it? Man, every Michigander said amen, am I right? It's so good to see you guys. Uh, I really do consider it an honor to be here. Uh, For those of you who may not know me, my name is Tyler Green. I'm the children's director here at Community Christian Church. I've been here, uh, I'm in my third year here. And uh, to be able to be here, to share with you guys a little bit what's going on in my heart and get to celebrate the promotion of all of our kids and the work and the fun and what God is doing in these kids, it is seriously such an honor to share this day with you guys. So thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. Today, I want to go back to school. How many of you guys, uh, it's been a little while since school? I'm raising my hand. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit since we went back to school. But today, I want to take us to Relationships 101. I would have to say God has been putting me through like the remedial relationships course for a while And now I think I've finally promoted into the 101. Uh, So hopefully today we can promote to the 202, you know, if we get this down. So if you guys aren't there yet, get your thinking caps on, wake up, get the sleepies out of your eyes. Whatever you need to do, stretch a little bit. We're gonna have some fun this morning. Who's with me? All right. So before I get too far in, I need to know how many of you have ever put your foot in your mouth totally on accident? You have just said something you did not mean to say and you got caught in a bad situation. Often I feel like these happen because you just don't really know the full context of what's going on. You you might speak a little too early. You may have said something and just didn't have the full picture so you really kind of look not so smart when it's all said and done. So I had a situation like this. I'm gonna ask that you don't judge me. I was 17, 18, freshman in college. I made a big mistake. So here's what happened. It was homecoming of my college at college. And a good friend of mine was on the homecoming court. And in college, it's not that big of a deal compared to high school or anything like that. But we were rooting for him. And uh, my school, Oral Roberts University, we're playing Oakland right down the street. And it's the biggest game of the year. It's packed out. And uh, they announced the homecoming court at halftime. And so all the contestants come out four or five guys, four or five girls. And my buddy, I'm rooting him on. We're like, yeah, he better win. He's the guy. He's so cool. Rooting for him. The guy who they were talking about and uh, eventually ended up winning, he was kind of skinny, like real thin, gaunt face, kind of some bags under his eyes. He just did not look good. I said, who is this guy? Why would he win? What has he done? Blah, and I'm just shooting my mouth off. And lo and behold, everybody in the crowd is going. And I immediately knew I was in trouble. But again, being 18 year old Tyler, deciding to continue to shoot his mouth off, I said, My buddy's way cooler than this guy. He didn't even do it, blah, blah. blah. Who is this guy? He looks like Count Dracula. Blah, blah, blah. I was terrible. <laughs> Friends and family, I regret to inform you that that gentleman was battling cancer. And I immediately sunk in my seat, felt like I had an egg crack on my face, and I didn't want to be there anymore. That was a very sad day. So um, he he won homecoming court. Everybody went nuts. And everybody's like, seriously, dude? So I say all that to say, sometimes if we can be quicker to listen, slower to speak, we can prevent some of these uh, not-so-pretty situations. Uh, So I take it from me. Don't shoot your mouth off when you probably shouldn't, because you might make fun of somebody who has cancer, and that's not good. So... um, I want to get into this because I feel like it's this principle that really affects our relationships, and it's gaining context, getting an idea of what's going on in their world and not making a snap judgment as to why they are the way they are, why they react the way they react, why they do what they do. Often, if we can take our perspective, get off of us and zoom further back, we get a better idea of why they're like that. So let's dive into it a little bit. I want to go to Deuteronomy, if you have your Bibles. Let's pull this up. Deuteronomy 5.16. Let me give you a little context. The people of Israel, God's chosen people, they've just been released from Egypt. They fled from Egypt under the leadership of Moses. And God is trying to establish a new culture in this group of people. Up to this point, they've been slaves. Slaves for 400 years. All they know is slavery. Generation after generation after generation, all they've known is slavery and oppression. And there's no social system. If you're born a slave, you're raised as a slave. Your kids are slaves. It's this routine thing. There's no promotion. But that's not the kingdom way. That's not the way God had it set up for us. So when God led his people out of Egypt and into Israel, he gives us this scripture in Deuteronomy. It says, And all the parents, I'm sure, will love this. Honor your father and mother, just as the Lord your God has commanded you to do. So that your days may be extended, and that it may go well with you in the land that uh, he is about to give you. He's not just saying this just to make peace in households. He's not just saying, kids, quit being brats and love on your parents. What he's saying is, honor your mother and father because the purpose is you're supposed to go beyond them when you're their age. The idea was, he is totally debunking the the system they were in in slavery, where you were always the same thing. You could only hope to replicate your parents. But what God was trying to set up is saying, no, I'm going to give your parents something so then you can stand on their shoulders and go further, and then you stand on their shoulders and go further. It's generational mindset, not just about me, 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 what do I get now? It's how can I set up my generations after me to go further than I ever did? Every parent I've ever talked to in kids ministry has said, all I want is for my kids to have what I didn't. All I want is for my son to get more than what I had, or, you know, whatever it is. It's every parent's heartbeat, and what better parent to get it from than the Father God to get this concept of he wants us to go further. So when he says that your life, um, when he says that your days would be extended, that it may go well with you, he's not just saying that you'll get an extra couple years, you'll be healthy and wealthy and do all that stuff. He's saying, no, I have a culture, I have a family setup that I want you to get into. So, what I want us to look at here is not just a parental relationship. In Jewish culture, everything was centered around the family. In our culture now, we can kind of take this and understand it in society. That there is value to be taken from each other to then go further. It's every generation's responsibility to set up the next one and help them go further. Not just parents. Any of us, I'm not a parent. There's a lot of not parents in the room. It's also our jobs to be contributing to them to take that next step and go to that next level. So let's dive in a little bit further. In the New Testament, James chapter 1, it says, Let every person... Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So in our relationships, there's so much that happens. Road bumps everywhere. We constantly come up against the speed bumps and things happen and we get so angry. But a part of this context that would have saved me in my situation, and probably save us in a lot of our relationships, is being slow to speak and quick to listen. Because the way that God sees a situation, if he was an immediate reactor, and didn't have the context that he has, he would have saw Adam and Eve in the garden, and he said, oh, you sinned? And squish us. It would have been it. But no, he took his perspective, zoomed way out, and said, no, there's something good there. I love those people. They're they're part of me. The Bible says that we are made in his image. So he wasn't going to just cast us aside. He had to take his perspective, zoom way out, pause. Take a zoom way out and get some context at what was going to happen. And then he got his plan in place. He saw value in them. So today there's two main things I want us to to take away. The main point is that loving and honoring, those are going to be the two big components to relationships. Honoring and loving one another does not always look the same for everybody. The actual walking it out will look a little different. But the execution is entirely unique as the people involved. So today as we dive in, I want you guys to maybe ask God in your seat, ask God in your heart, who are some people that maybe I'm not loving, who I'm not honoring to the best that I could? And ask God to highlight those people because maybe he's starting to open up an avenue for that relationship to come back and to be whole and to be healed, to remove the junk and the wedge that got driven in between. I want to walk through a little bit of a definition here. The definition of honor. The top line is from the dictionary. It says, To regard or to treat someone with admiration and respect. My working definition I've attached to it is, Attaching or assuming value on what or whom is being recognized. Now, this is what I'm saying. When God was setting up this new culture, he was looking not just at what can I get now. He was looking at the value of the people that come and how he could maximize that. How could we take it further? And it was only by contributing to one another. Jesus modeled this perfectly for us. When there's a time in the the New Testament, Jesus, there's a crowd around him. And there's this man named Zacchaeus. Any of you heard of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He was not a good guy in that time. But he was so interested by this Jesus that he climbed a tree and he wanted to see Jesus, but he was too short. He couldn't see over the crowd. So he climbed a tree to find Jesus. While he was doing that, Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come down from here. He comes down from the tree and he goes to his house to eat. Now all of his disciples are looking at him and saying, Jesus, what are you doing? This guy's a thief. This guy's a robber. He's done nothing but bleed our community dry. He's made, gotten rich off of greed and thievery. But what Jesus saw was different. His perspective was not right on the immediate circumstance. It was zoomed out and he says, no, no, no. He's a son. He's a son of the living God. I, I see the value in him. God has so much value for you that he emptied heaven to come and get you. We have to remember that sometimes, what, how, what a travesty it is that we could possibly treat someone else like dirt. And we've done it. Listen, I will raise my hand and say I am the first person who's done it. Treat someone like dirt. Treat someone lesser than. But the reality is what right do I have to that when the God of heaven who had every right to treat me like that didn't. In fact, he gave his, he gave his most prized possession to go and get me. He put everything he had on the line to come and get me, to come and get you. So the honor that we can walk in, yeah, go ahead. So often we get caught up in us. Uh, I remember there's this comedian named Brian Regan, and he talks about the me monster. Me, me. We get so focused on us and what's going on in our lives, where I need to get to on the road, where I, my plans, my ambitions, whatever it is. We get so focused on the immediate circle of us that we forget what's going on around the people, or going on with people around us. And so what we can do to attach honor to them is to see the value that God sees in them. I call it digging for gold. Now, it might be a different context than what you tell your kids, but Digging for gold in a human is finding the best part of them and calling that out. Because the reality is when you're prospecting, you're going for gold, you got a lot of dirt you got to wash off. You got to rinse it out in the river. You got to get all the gunk off. There has never been a piece of gold found that didn't have some dirt on it when it was found. So the reality is all of us, newsflash, we're all going to have dirt. We're all going to have gunk hidden in the cracks and crevices of the gold that's in us, that Jesus hid in us. The Bible says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Made in the image of God. From He knew you before the foundations of the earth. He could count every hair on your head. He knows everything about you and he loves you intimately. But he loves you too much to let that value go hidden. Some peop- That's on us so we can choose to hide that. But for us as Christians, us who know God, our job is not to point out the dirt. The world does plenty good of a job of pointing that out. The reality is you, all you need to do is scroll through social media for five minutes. Watch the news for ten minutes. All you need to do is go to work and get honked at and, uh the, you know, the, your number one sign from uh, someone in the car next to you. That's all you need to get to know that people think you're dirt. But what we get to do is the kingdom of God, people who know God, is that we get to now find the gold in those people and walk out a life different. We attach the God-given value that he put in us, we have to see that in each other. Parents, sometimes that means you need to find, when you're a kid, I've seen the funniest thing, two and three-year-olds, I hate you, I don't love you. Two and three-year-olds that kind of bark back like that. Parents, are you swayed by that? It might bother you a little bit, but you know, is that, is that the truth? No. No. Uh, it's, I, I love seeing it because, it's, to me, it personifies the heart of God. We might have our moments of, God, I hate you. I don't love you anymore. Why? We get so angry. We throw our little temper tantrums. But then what God is like, listen, I know you don't mean it. I know, like you might think you mean it now, but I know you don't. Come on. Then he brings you back in. The value on you, the value he put in you is too high for him to to just throw you away and be like, well, all right, well, you chose. He's going to come after you. But sometimes he's going to use you to do that. So let's not make the job harder by continuing to point the dirt out in each other. Teenagers, this is huge for us. A testimony in my life, I just uh, shared a message with the exchange about loving your parents. And this was so big for me and my relationship with my parents, was gaining some context and some understanding of how they were made, who they are, why they are the way they are. I can't blame them for being who they are or reacting the way they do because they're not perfect. They grew up in imperfect situations. But as a teenager and as a young adult living at home, that used to be like, why would you do that? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Why do you think that way? I thought I had it all figured out. But it wasn't until I got some context, I get to have a little bit of a deeper relationship and I hear about their upbringing, I hear about the world they grew up in, I hear about how they were parented, I hear about... Their work life, all of those things give me a little context to say, okay, you know, what, that makes sense. You, you react that way because that's how you saw it reacted to you. That was modeled for you. Context allows us to give grace. If we can't learn to give grace, we, it's, we're the biggest hypocrites in the world because we've, we're here on Grace. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was the example, the eternal example of grace. If I can't give grace to my parents or to another person or to that guy on the road, how big of a hypocrite am I? I have the biggest gift in the world of grace. I can extend at least the bite-sized version to each other. There's an honor that we need to be able to inherently give to one another. Then the next point I want to do is going into loving one another. Here's an awesome quote that uh, I read in this book. It's from a guy named Danny Silkey. He's an author in Christian Council. He said, Only those who have value and understand themselves can value and understand others. Only those who communicate honestly with themselves can communicate honestly with others. The reality is, love is an incredibly difficult thing to keep going. It's, it's, sometimes it can feel like a flash in the pan. It can feel like an emotional rush But the reality is love is a choice that needs to be continued to be chosen day after day after day. Now the reality is we all have relationships that we're maybe not the biggest fans of. and We have relationships that we're big fans of. But God has told us in the golden rule to love one another as God has loved us. To love one another as we love ourselves. It's easy to love yourself. But it's hard to love another person. So what... What is the biggest point that we do here then is to find how can I position myself to love this person. So teenagers, maybe for some of you, it's move out. My relationship with my parents got so much better when I moved out. It's nothing on them or it's nothing on me. We're too awesome. Like, I love my parents and I feel like I'm doing okay. But honestly, the tension, like, it was healthier to just move out. So make it happen. I don't know. I'm not throwing shade. I'm not throwing shade. I'm trying to help you. To adults, to parents, maybe for you and your tensioned relationship with your kid, maybe it's just finding the gold in them. Because the reality is, if you're having trouble connecting your kid, I've sat in enough counseling sessions to get this general vibe, is that we, that parents, want nothing more than to... Uh, make their kids the best kids they can possibly be but we do that by pointing out the faults you're doing this wrong so do this better you're doing this wrong so do this better what if we focus and started pointing out the gold letting them know that they actually have that gold in them and bring them up the reality is this was displayed for us Jesus on the cross being beaten wounded and took the weight of the world on his shoulders he says father forgive them For they know not what they're doing. The biggest demonstration of love that has ever been poured out. The least we could do is when we are in a tensioned relationship. Is pray for them and say, Father, forgive them. Forgive me. We don't know what we're doing. Give us grace to have understanding. And then position yourself to make that okay. Sometimes, maybe that's you just get together at holidays. And that's where you can stay in a healthy love relationship. Sometimes maybe it's have an honest conversation. Maybe that means you take them out to coffee, and you say, "Hey, you know, this has just been really rumbling around in my heart. This has really been kind of bothering me. Can I just talk about it with you?" Not attacking, not "you did this, you did that." It's, "Hey, this bothered me," and then let them respond. No, no healthy relationship wants to be combative. At their essence, combative relationships are so hard. They're draining. They're emotionally exhausting. Everybody wants peace. So what we can do is fight for the positioning to find that peace and love connection. So I want to encourage you guys in this room, if, you, if God has been highlighting as I've been sharing, a person that maybe you need to point more gold out in, do it. Send that text. Get Reach out. It's summertime. Go play golf together. Go for a walk. Do something. Get connected. Point out the gold in them. Or maybe for some of you, you've written someone out of your life that maybe God is putting on your heart right now to say, you know what? I need them back. I need them in my life. I can't write them off. If Jesus, when we were still his enemy, when we were still adversarial to him, and the people who physically put him on the cross, he could still say, forgive them. Why can't we? I'm not trying to guilt you. I want to encourage you that nobody is beyond the stretch of grace. If God's grace can come and get us, then the grace through us can go get someone else in our relationship. You only get one life. and You don't get to hit the reset button on your parents or on your relationships. You don't get the do-over. So let's make the best of the ones we have today. Am I right? All right, love you guys. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap up here with three points I want you guys to take away. If you're a note taker or you just got photogenic memory, here's three points I want you guys to walk away with. I haven't touched my notes the whole time. (laughs) Health in any relationship is a process, no matter where it's at today. Just because your relationship today doesn't look perfect does not make you a bad person or them a bad person. It could take some time. There's maybe a lot of hurt that needs to be worked through. That's okay. It's still worth it. We can only work on us, but we can position ourselves to be in healthy relationships at any stage. Maybe you have a parent or a child or someone in your life that you are just not in a healthy relationship with. As you are working on it, it's on you to not harbor the bitterness and anger against them. So whatever you need to do to position yourself to not hold that against them, do it. And then number three, you will encounter bumps in the road, but remind yourself of the why. The relationships, it's God's best plan for us is each other. And if we continue to isolate ourselves and run away, we're, we're just, we're doing the exact opposite. It is at a deficit to us to do that. So I'd encourage you guys, remind yourself of the why. It is so worth it to go back after those people. So with that, I want to pray. And as I pray, will you guys just take some time as I pray, if God's been highlighting someone or maybe he hasn't yet, ask God for a person that you can reach out to, that you can start this process with. And if you need help, listen, grab someone in the room. Get people on your side to help you through it. It's going to be bumpy, but it's all worth it. So Father, we just thank you so much for today. God, we are so thankful for the grace and the love you poured out on us, the value you instilled in us when you made us. God, I pray that you would change our eyes, you would change our hearts to know those things, to feel that when we come across a person. God, we don't want to just be me focused, we want to be you focused. So whatever that looks like and however our eyes need to change to make that happen. God, I pray for the mending of all relationships in this room, wherever they're at in whatever stage. Pray for whatever person popped into the mind of everybody in this room, that you would open up communication and make it easier than they ever expected for health. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.